Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Over 250,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 26th episode, our guest is Ash Burgess. But before we get to that, I need to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. For you, the listeners of the Rob Burgess Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. A book which pertains to this episode is Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Whatever book you pick, you can exchange it at any time, you can cancel at any time, and the books are yours to keep. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show for your free audiobook. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available. Whether it's iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, or RSS, you can find links to everything on the official website, www.therobburgessshow.com. You can also find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. Back to today's show. You first heard Ash Burgess on episode 16 of the podcast. Ash Burgess has a dusty degree in religious studies, an obsession with pineapples, and an appetite for both high and low culture. She cuts her own hair, bakes her own sourdough bread, and spends most of her time with her young son. Sometimes she blogs at burgessbaby.blogspot.com. And now on to the show. All right, welcome back to the Rob Burgess Show, Ash Burgess. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and talk about the pleasures of autumn with you today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we should mention that it's September 1st, and I think we're all happy to be done with August, which I think we consider the January of the uh, summertime season. I'm so glad I got you on board. When I first tried to tell you that August was the January of summer, you were like, what are you talking about? But after experiencing August very recently, I think now you finally come around to my way of thinking. It's true. I mean, most of the good stuff about summer is done by this point, and it's kind of just the waiting for the next season, kind of like January, you know, it's like, yes, there's Valentine's Day or whatever, but it's it's really pretty barren after the Christmas season, and I think summer's pretty much the same way after July, so... Well, for me, I mean, July is a really big month. Of course, it's 4th of July, which is very exciting, and then also it's my birthday and our son's birthday, so... It's, like, a pretty great time. And generally, I think in July, people are in kind of full swing of, like, summer spirit, having a great time. By August, though, at least where we live, it tends to be just a little past the point of being too hot. And also, it's just very, very humid here in Indiana. So, it's just miserable to go outside. Mm -hmm. And that makes it not, not fun. Yeah. 
Definitely. So, uh, September, uh, would you consider September 1st the beginning of fall? Yes, although technically, September, if you really want to go by the calendar, although, you know, there are some disputes about how you should read the calendar as far as when seasons begin and end, because some people say that, you know, first day of the season would be the solstice. Other people say that the solstice is the high point of the season. Mm-hmm. So if you're going by the idea that we have to wait for the solstice, then this is really still summertime. But to me, in my calendar, which I'm sure is based partially on just being ingrained into like the school year, I always say September, that's when the fall gets started. I'm ready for it. It's going. Mm-hmm. You know, best so, season ever. <laughs> so when would you say the end of fall is? Not to think about the end already, but if you're saying that September 1st is kind of... And when it starts feeling like fall, maybe not the solstice necessarily, but when would you say the end of fall is? Sometime in the beginning of December. I mean, mm. honestly, like I was saying, if you're really going by the calendar, most of December actually is still the fall. But I generally tend to think of Christmas as being a winter season. And as soon as December gets here, I've really turned my mind to Christmas time and like the pleasures of that season, mm-hmm. which are somewhat distinct from the pleasures of autumn. So I would say that, I mean, maybe you could say that part of autumn's greatness is that it includes the Christmas season as well. But I think that might, yes, best season ever. (laughs) That might be a little extra annexation there that you're trying to pull off. But not really, because I believe the winter solstice is something, is it the 21st? It's like four days before Christmas. Yeah, so I'm saying everything up until that point. And think of how much Christmassy stuff you do before you get to the solstice. Mm -hmm. All that is technically happening in the fall. So you consider Thanksgiving to be part of the fall? Of course Thanksgiving is part of the fall. Not a winter holiday? No. No. No, Thanksgiving is... One of the autumn holidays. I'm just saying that that's pretty greedy of, uh, of fall if you think about it. Where they've got Halloween and Thanksgiving. I mean, those are two big ones. I mean, but yes, that's you know part of this whole fall, so fall the best time ever. I see. Okay, so we've talked about why it's better than uh, winter time and summertime. Why is it better than spring? Spring is pretty good, but I feel like spring. Maybe this is just a geographical issue too, to some degree, but. Spring is often a little disappointing to me weather-wise. Mm. I feel like I spend so long waiting for spring. Winter feels like it's like six months long. Mm-hmm. And you'll get to the point where you think it should be springtime, but you're basically still just wearing a winter coat. Mm-hmm. And then spring comes, and it's really nice for like a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. But then half the time it's raining, and then suddenly it's like roast million degrees and it's summer. Mm-hmm. Spring is nice, don't get me wrong, you know, there's lots of nice, you know, baby animals and Easter time and all that I do enjoy. It's just, Mm -hmm. I don't think it packs the punch of autumn, Mm. you know, it's not as spectacular. Yeah. So, I know we've talked about this before, but if each of the four seasons was a country, which holiday would be the capital of that country? Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. It took me a second there to yeah, do the game. Okay, I, I, I think I get you now. Like, okay. each season gets one holiday to be the capital of that season, yes. is what you're saying. Yeah, okay. so who's, well, I mean, I, I have an opinion, but what do you think the I summer mean, is? My opinion, I'm going to say, obviously, that these opinions are based on my background and someone else with a different background, both 
culturally and religiously and socially is probably going to have different answers than me. So I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to feel this way. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say for um, winter, Christmas is going to be mm-hmm. capital of that season. Winter, yes. Then we've got spring. I'm going to go with Easter. That's a, that's a pretty obvious choice, yeah. Summer, 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Now, fall, there, it's, a, it's a hard choice here because okay. Halloween and Thanksgiving are both huge, huge deals. Mm-hmm. So I think this might have to be like a co-rulership, Ooh, co-capital type situation. Capitals. Yeah. Wow, okay. As a child, I definitely would have said Halloween. Mm-hmm. But the pleasures of Thanksgiving have really grown larger for me over the years. I think mm-hmm. as I've you know become an adult and really started to like to cook and things like that, that's really given me a lot for Thanksgiving. But as a kid, I definitely would have been like, oh, for sure, Halloween. But now, that's a really, really tough call. Yeah, definitely. Has fall, fall has always been your favorite season? No, I don't think so. What was your favorite season originally? I think as a young child, I liked summertime better because mm-hmm. my birthday's in the summer. And I think that was reason enough for me right there. Mm-hmm. And even though I was homeschooled, we did follow a fairly traditional school calendar. So summertime, we were off from school. So, I mean, having your birthday and, you know, being on summer vacation, that adds a lot of excitement. So I think I would have said definitely the summer. Probably I wouldn't have thought about it very much beyond that, though. Like, I don't think I would have sat down and analyzed what do I really like the most? Because if I had actually thought it through, I think I probably still would have picked the autumn. I think it's just that would have been my kind of impulse reaction to say summer. When did you start liking Halloween? Halloween specifically? I mean, I've always liked Halloween pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom threw us a couple Halloween parties when we were really little kids that were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, she did a lot of like really creative different things for... And she had a bunch of, you know, we had a bunch of family friends and people that came, and those were a good time. And she used to always make our Halloween costumes, mm-hmm. which, you know, to very varying degrees of success, but still that was exciting. Like, I appreciate the effort she put into that. Oh, definitely. Now, uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume growing up? Oh, as a small child, I think my favorite was one year I was a spider, mm-hmm. and... That was so fun because, and this was a costume that my mom made for me, and she had made, I had, of course, my own arms, but then she made some extra arms out of, you know, just, I think, you know, tubes of fabric or whatever, Mm -hmm. but she tied strings to them and attached them to the cuffs of my sleeves so that whenever I moved my arms around, the spider's other arms would move with me, (laughs) and I had so much fun in that costume. I mean, you can imagine, you know, a little kid, you know, skipping around and moving the arms around and everything, and I'm not even a person that's, like, that into spiders, but it was Mm -hmm. just a really fun costume for a small child. Right. Now, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but the lamb. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, there have been, been some costume misfires, too. Yeah. Um, my brother had a costume one year when he was pretty little, and it was supposed to be, I believe it was supposed to be a dinosaur, because mm-hmm. um, he was really into dinosaurs, and it was a really cool looking costume. It was mm-hmm. the kind of thing where the mouth kind of went out mm-hmm. so that the mouth was a hood. I guess you would say, with his head kind of sticking out. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, And he was really excited about it until he went Mm -hmm. somewhere to some kind of Halloween thing with a bunch of other little kids. 
and they all said that he looked like an alligator and he was super depressed about it. And then they kept closing the mouth. And of course, when they closed the mouth, they were like closing, you know, closing it over his face. So he was really, really sad about that. And that didn't, um, that didn't go so well. And see another costume misfire. One year I was a knight because I was so obsessed with knights for the longest time. That was like, what I want it to grow up to be, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, a very unrealistic dream. <laughs> You'll have to have goals. There's rent fairs. <laughs> sure. But, um, and I had made myself a cardboard sort of a breastplate, and it was a great, you know, great suit of armor, but the problem was that it went down a little bit too far so that it restricted my leg movement. Mm. Um and I didn't really notice that this was a problem, of course, until we went trick-or-treating and we got out and we went trick-or-treating with, we had a couple kids that we would go with usually. And, um, I was one of the youngest kids already and I was the only girl too. So I'm trick-or-treating with my brother and these two other boys. And of course the plan is to hit as many houses as we can get to. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we would trigger, we would go hard. I mean, we would start. You know, at the very, very earliest, we could get our parents to let us go, and we would go until, you know, 10 o'clock at night, you know, and but running from house to house to get mm. as much candy as possible. And so, of course, I'm kind of doing a little duck waddle, not not able to fully run, you know, going after everybody, the classic younger sibling going, wait for me, guys, wait for me, yeah. until finally I just, like, ripped the bottom of my costume so I could run. And, but it was a hard call because I loved that costume so much. I was like, I don't want to rip it. But then it was just, you know, I had to do it. Right. So... Now, your parents, did they do, do the thing where they would drive you from people's house to house, or did you do, like, neighborhoods more? No, we would go to a neighborhood, and, I mean, my parents would be there with us, mm-hmm. but they would just drive us to a neighborhood because, I mean, we lived out in the country. Right. So they would drive to a neighborhood that seemed like a likely place for, you know, trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. and we would hit the whole neighborhood, and sometimes we would then drive to another neighborhood. I mean, we would, like, when I say we go, we would go hard, oh, yeah. I was being serious. So did you try to find like the the, the riskier neighborhoods to go to because they had the better candy or what was how did you well, choose the neighborhood? You know we tried different things different <laughs> years and we we really thought this out and we really developed some theories about where the best places were to go and really just a nice middle class neighborhood is the best place to go trick or treating mm-hmm. because. A lot of the poorer neighborhoods, I mean, people don't even trick-or-treat there because right. they're probably just all taking their kids to a nicer place to go trick-or-treating mm-hmm. is what I suspect because a lot of them, you know, won't even be home or whatever. Right. And it's like you don't feel as safe walking around. And we tried trick-or-treating in apartment buildings before. That was a huge disaster. and didn't, didn't really go that well. I mean, not a huge disaster, just not, like, a great success. Mm-hmm. Um, but ritzier neighborhoods, because we did try that a couple times because we are like, okay, rich people, they'll have all the really good candy. Mm-hmm. I would say no, not at all, though. I mean, some of the rich people definitely would have great stuff, like full-size candy bars. Mm. Um, some of them would have just good but inappropriate things, like caramel apples. And mm-hmm. it's like, we're not going to eat these caramel apples that you, like, made yourself. You're right. a stranger. Yeah. Or, like, popcorn balls or something like that. That's just, like, an inappropriate thing to give to, like, strange children that are, like, you're reading in your house, like, in this day and age. It's not, yeah. not considered, you know. Right. But a lot of them really stingy. Like, you know, single tiniest size Tootsie Rolls, mm-hmm. individual unwrapped M&Ms, things wow. like that. A lot, of, a lot of people in the Ritzier neighborhoods give the worst stuff. Yeah. Individual unwrapped M&M? Yeah. 
individual unwrapped, you know, those circus peanuts. Oh, no. Yeah, like things like that. So, yeah, we, we quickly learned like a nice just middle class neighborhood where they have mm-hmm. people have enough money to spend on buying Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. But just like a lot of like young families, they're excited about Halloween themselves. You know, they'll usually have little kids with them that are helping hand out candy to the trick or treaters. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, I feel like those are the neighborhoods where people are usually really into it and they give out the best candy. Mm-hmm. Now, did you ever have the dentist that gave out the toothbrushes happen to you? I don't know for sure that they were a dentist, but of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, toothbrushes, pennies, other oh, sad items. Pennies. Yikes. Now, you mentioned uh, circus peanuts. Uh, what other uh, dismal candy uh, was on your list of, like, just, this, just throwing this out, basically, as soon as we get home? Well, these seem to be very, very popular, so I know that there must be people that love these. And for years, I didn't know what they were called. I just called them the black and orange oh, candies. Yeah, okay. And I, I recently realized that I think they're called, like, Mary Janes or something oh. like that. And it's, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. They're wrapped in sort of a waxed paper. Mm-hmm. Some of them are black, and I believe those might be maple-flavored. And the orange ones are maybe peanut butter-flavored, or maybe they're both the same flavor. I'm not entirely certain. But yeah. I think those are horrible. I mean, not just because they first of all they do taste horrible they like do. they're not good they're also like you can you can never tell if they've been tampered with or not no. because they all the, the wrapping always looks messed up yes like whatever that crinkly wax papery stuff that they wrap them in it always looks terrible so you could never tell if someone's like unwrapped it and poisoned it and rewrapped it yeah. and my parents were like as much as they were very loose about letting us, you know, do, like, really hardcore trick-or-treating. They were always really hardcore about, like, checking over all the candy to make sure that no one had yeah. done anything to it. And those were, like, you know, suspicious. And even as a little kid, I remember looking at those and thinking, you know, these would be the ones, like, if I was going to do something. Oh, you know? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then I think even those, like, wax paper, whatever, I feel like those would melt to the things a lot of times if you ever did try yeah. to eat those. And it was, like piece of paper in your mouth, like, surprise, while you, like, try to enjoy this terrible candy. Um, now, didn't you say that when your parents would check over the treats, sometimes some of the best ones would come up missing, you know? There would always be a few, for closer you know, a few peanut butter cups that my mom would be like, I don't know if oh, these yeah. are okay, I'll have to set these aside to look at more closely later. Exactly. Now, as you got older and stopped trick-or-treating, you obviously continued to like Halloween, but that was probably more for just hanging out with friends reasons. I'm sure you, you still did stuff that wasn't yeah. trick-or-treating. Well, I mean, I should say, first of all, that I'm one of those people that trick-or-treated, like, until they were, like, halfway through high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, we kept going for a long time. Right. Um, but even after that, you know, yeah, I would go out with friends and do fun stuff, mm-hmm. and so I always liked that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the... Not just the going out on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. I like just the seasonal decorations because I'm really into spooky stuff. So and pumpkins, I'm really into pumpkins. And so there's all kinds of you know other things that have to do with Halloween mm-hmm. beyond just like Halloween night. Like just sort of the whole like ghost stories. And I've always really been into like stories about vampires ever since I was a little kid. Stories mm-hmm. about witches. I mean, because I was really into like Roald Dahl, so like the mm-hmm. witches and all that kind of right. stuff. That I really liked and just, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what were your favorite, like, scary stories? Like, was there, like, a particular type of scary story you said vampires you were into, or? I'm going to try to think about when I really first got into scary stories. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I have an answer for that as far as, like, I, okay, I can remember, 
Um, because my parents used to read to us. Um, mm. Usually, you know, it would be like an every night before bed type of thing. Um, I can remember one of the first really scary stories I can remember. I don't even know what this book was. It was something about, and I'm sure if I was to ever find this book, I'm sure it wasn't even scary. Mm-hmm. It was it was a children's chapter book, and my dad was reading this aloud to me and my brother. And but it was kind of something that my brother had picked, and he's a little older than me. Right. Um. And this book was about a vampire that was living in the basement of a library, and I don't even remember any details of really what happened in the story so much as just. I remember my dad would be reading the story and I remember I was laying there in my bed at the time. Mm. Um, Well, actually at the time we were living in my uncle Bill's house Mm. and my brother and I were like sleeping in sleeping bags and he has kind of a, kind of like a screened in except it's glassed in walls Mm -hmm. and he had hops like, you know, for beer making that he was growing and he grew the hops up on the outside of his house. Mm -hmm. So his walls, instead of having curtains, just the outside is covered with the hop vines Mm -hmm. But so being a little kid and you're laying there in a sleeping bag and you're right beside this window all that's covered in all these vines and just my dad's reading this story about this vampire that's living in the basement of the library and I remember the detail of like the kid is seeing this vampire and it has these glowing red eyes and I remember just laying there in my sleeping bag just like shuddering with fear <laughs> and that was probably really the beginning of me and scary stories if I have to say... I'm not sure, but that's kind of my my main memory of, like, how that got kicked off. And mm-hmm. then, but yeah, I was really into a lot of, like, you know, I read a lot of kids' stories about vampires, and mm-hmm. I've always kind of gravitated towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you ever like haunted houses, or were you against those? I wouldn't say I'm against haunted houses. I haven't been to that many haunted houses. There was, um, my parents... Very, like, strange kind of hit and miss, like, you unexpected, like, things that they were, like, okay with and not okay with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they would never have been okay with taking us to, like, a traditional haunted house. I mean, when we were older, like, I can remember once when I was maybe middle school age, mm-hmm. my stepdad took us to, like, a haunted house. But other than that, my parents, mm-hmm. I don't think, like, my original, like, biological set of parents would have never been into that kind of thing. Um, they did always take us to this really cool event that would happen, um, this haunted hayride that would happen every year. Mm. And it was really neat. I think it was put on possibly by Harmony School. I'm not really sure. It's just a school in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. But it was a bunch of different acts that the kids would put on. And so you're on the hayride and then you would stop at different stations. Mm -hmm. And then there would be a play. And it was Mm -hmm. usually something famous. Like, you know, there would be a scene where they would do the witches from Macbeth. Mm. And then you'd, you know, the ride would take you a little further and then you'd stop somewhere and someone would be doing a scene from The Raven. Mm. And you'd go a little further and things like that. So just really fun, sort of, I guess, like a kind of a for literary people, you know, (laughs) newly educated people, children's Halloween type of event. Sure. But that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Now, like, did you go to any corn mazes during this time? No, I don't think I ever went to a corn maze until... Actually, the first corn maze I ever went to was with you right. um, when yes, we were in true. college. So, yes. Yeah, I don't think I went to any corn mazes as a kid either. But No, because, I mean, as much as I'm saying, like, my family did stuff for Halloween, like, my family really were not people that ever did a lot for any holiday. Hmm. Interesting. So I think I, I honestly, the older I've gotten, the more I've kind of taken my own initiative. I'm a person, I've really expanded how much I'm celebrating the holidays. Mm-hmm. My family was always, like, pretty modest about how much they would do for any holiday. 
Do you think you celebrate extra because of it? Maybe, because I think I always looked at people that were doing more and kind of thought, you know, I want that. Mm-hmm. You know, why not experience the splendors of the season to their fullest? <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, so now, uh, speaking of scary stories, uh, Halloween movies we always watch every year. Yes, I mean, that's definitely part of why I like Halloween is that I'm so into, you know, scary movies and... Mm. There are a few that I absolutely have to watch every year. Like, I think my top. All right, let's hear about it. All right. Um, let's start with maybe not my top one, but one that I found. Like, there, some of these movies, I feel like there, I have a lot of issues with them. Like, there's things about a lot of these movies that I don't even necessarily like, but somehow these are just the movies I come back to over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, the Craft. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this with my sister recently because she was saying that she's heard that apparently they're remaking The Craft. Mm-hmm. And we're both very upset about this because it does not call out for remake. There's no reason to remake this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the kind of movie where it has some special effects that aren't great, mm-hmm. but they're really of their time. Mm-hmm. And they don't really need to be changed. And it stars Nev Campbell, and she's so of her time as well. Oh, yes. There's really, you know... Much to her chagrin, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Um, sure she would have liked to have been a little more timeless than <laughs> she turned out to be. Actually, it's interesting because the craft stars not only Nev Campbell, but also Skeet Ulrich, mm. a pair who returned to star together in another one of the movies I'm going to talk All about right. soon, which All I'm right. sure I'm sure you can anticipate <laughs> what I'm referring to. I think I get what you're saying. But yeah, no, the craft... If for anyone who's not familiar with it, is a great, I would not say great movie. It's a very, it's a very watchable film about a young girl who goes to Catholic school and falls in with kind of a group of witches. And mm. then it's all about, you know, power spiraling out of control and kids trying to use witchcraft to better their situation and things not going well. And there's just... There's something about it that just, you know, I, I return to it every year, despite the fact that it's really just not so good. <laughs> now, who's that one girl that's, like, really distinctive looking in the craft that's not in anything else? Or maybe she is in other things, but I don't know. It. I know she's been in at least a few other things, but she's very distinct looking. And this is, she is actually one of the reasons why I don't think that they should remake the craft. Because this girl, whose name I'm trying to remember right now, yeah. is just... So uniquely terrifying. It's like her eyes. Are, it's 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 like I, I want to say it's Ferruzia. Yeah, that's but Ferruzia Balak. Yeah. I I don't want to say that because I think that's wrong. It's oh like God. I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's I think I want to say it's like something similar to that. Mm. Um, but she is a uniquely terrifying individual. I mean, she doesn't even really have to do anything. Just everything about her presence on screen is just. I've never seen anyone that I was as truly horrified by mm-hmm. as this person. So, I mean, right there, it's like they will never cast anyone better than that in the, in the role. And I'm, I'm so sorry I can't remember the correct, you know, exactly what her name is. That's okay. I'm sure it will. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's either like Feruza or Fozzie, Faruna. Mm-hmm. I will look this up at some point and okay. just figure it out. That's but. fine. So, what else? Let's hear about Um... I also am, of course, like so many people, really into the movie Hocus Pocus. Mm. And it's interesting because I've realized in the last couple of years that Hocus Pocus has a huge following, mostly women somewhat within my age category. Mm. 
And that's really odd because Hocus Pocus, in case anyone is not familiar with it, mm. is, and I know, <laughs> I know you have some feelings about this, but Hocus Pocus is a children's movie, supposedly. We'll, we'll get back to that. Supposedly a children's movie. I'm not even sure if it went to theaters or if it was just made straight to video for like ABC no, Family. No, it was definitely okay. in theaters. Okay, in theaters, but I know that it airs every year on ABC Family, or I guess now they're like Freeform or something like that. But anyway, that station's 13 Nights of Halloween. It's one of their staples, you mm-hmm. know, in circulation. So people see it. It's one of those movies that people will watch every day for like the entire month of October. So yeah. they're like so into it. And there's drinking games. and But yes, I've What's looked... the drinking game? I don't know exactly, but I've seen some instructions for drinking games. There are drinking games. Um, there I, are... I have a drinking game for that movie. Okay, I mean, and, and the thing about that movie, though, it's supposedly a children's movie, and I did no. see it when I was young. <laughs> and it was truly horrifying. Like, honestly, mm. I think I was more scared watching that movie as a young child than I was when I was slightly older watching, like, a true horror movie. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I won't let our son watch that movie for no. a very long time. Never. I, mean, I think he's just scarred forever. Then he, okay, but I have, okay, sidebar. I do wonder sometimes, because there's things that I see, and I'm like, I don't want my son to watch this, because he'll be scarred by this forever. But then again, I think, like, I was probably scarred by that forever, too, but maybe that's why I take such delight in horror movies now, and that's not really a bad feature of my personality, except to me, you have the same opportunities. Yes, you were you were messed up just enough for it to be charming, as opposed to terrifying. But yes, it's a truly horrifying film about witches that want to suck the life force out of young children. And the guy that gets turned into a cat? Yes, there's a guy that gets turned into a cat, and he has to be a cat for like 400 years or something, and it's yeah. really, really awful. But I think, I've tried to think about what is it about this movie that makes it so delightful to people who love the Halloween season. I think a lot of it is just that they do such a good job with just the atmosphere, the set design. I mean, it's set in like a charming, picturesque New England town, and we've got all the splendors, fall leaves, everything is just looking amazing. All the houses are decorated for fall. Everybody there is really into the season. So it's just the sets, just, you know, you're passing house after house with pumpkins and scarecrows and corn cobs, and it just all looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you just want to live inside that movie. I mean, not the part where the witches are trying to, like, suck away your life for us, but just, just the decor, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why can't we just live in that world without those three? <laughs> I would be up for that. Um, <laughs> but that's where they live. So. And, I mean, let's not forget little tiny cute baby version of Thora, Thora Birch is in that movie. Oh, yes, that's true. She's probably the best part of that movie, I think. Honestly. I mean, she is truly charming. Like, you can see in that movie she's definitely a star. Yeah. I mean, I know things haven't gone so well for her lately, and there's, you know, she's gotten super weird, but she definitely has a certain star power to her. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker, I'm, and see, that's the thing. I don't even like Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't like her. And, but, and I don't like the witches in that movie. I think they're terrible. I feel like in addition to the fact that that movie's horrifying, part of the reason I think that movie's not for children is mm-hmm. that there's a lot of very sexually inappropriate themes in that My movie. Gosh, like, especially yes. the Sarah Jessica Parker witch. Like, she's almost, like, very, like, molesty oh, like, the very. way that she approaches the children. It's very inappropriate and extremely creepy, and it really makes my skin crawl, not in, like, a horror movie kind of way, but just as, like, a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's still one of your favorites. There's just something about it. I just, I just, every year I have to watch it. It just, it just makes me feel like it's Halloween. It's so good. <sighs> Fair enough. There's no favorite um, for taste, I guess. <laughs> 
Uh, what else? What else you got on your list? Well, the other movie that I was going to say that makes me really feel like Halloween mm-hmm. is Trick or Treat. Now, that's a movie that I discovered later on in my life. I mean, you know, it's within the past, whenever it came out, and it's it's a little bit more new. Because as I'm sure you're starting to catch on, a lot of these movies that I've mentioned so far are kind of, you know, the 90s. It was a good time for a lot of us. Um, but Trick or Treat is another movie that's just kind of such a great setting, like a town that's really decorated for and celebrating Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it has Anna Paquin in it. I'm a huge fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of other people, I don't want to say too much about it, just because, I mean, people can just watch the movie themselves. But mm-hmm. you can ask me, you know, questions about it or whatever if you What year did it come out? That I'm not clear on. I never remember what year movies come out. Okay. I know it was more recent than the other movies that I've mentioned so mm-hmm. far. Because Anna Paquin is an adult in it. Mm-hmm. And she's about, you know, the same age as us. So, mm-hmm. Is there any other movies on your, on your list? Yes. I mean, the other movie that I definitely wanted to mention that I have to watch every year is Scream. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was referring to when I was saying another movie starring Nev Campbell and Skeet Ulrich. Mm-hmm. Now, Scream... I would say it was the first true, like, adult horror movie that I ever watched. Mm-hmm. And it's also the first, definitely the first slasher movie I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And while it's probably what really started me saying, I love horror movies, I'm going to watch a lot of them, it also ruined me for slasher movies forever. Why? Because they like explain all the tropes of the horror slasher movies? Exactly, movie? exactly. And because... So much of that movie is designed from the perspective of someone who's already seen all these other movies, and it's yeah. like a reaction to them. But so it's I that you like came into it that way. Yeah, I came into it seeing that movie, and that movie, I really watched that movie the first time as like a mystery. Mm-hmm. Like I really wanted to solve the mystery. Like I thought, you know, I can figure out who the killer is, and you know, you know, you know how you watch a mystery and you're kind of watching with the detective trying to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. who did it as they try to figure it out. And I was watching it with that kind of perspective of, you know, you figure out who did it, you get away, you save yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, pretty jarring for me then to go back and watch all these other slasher movies and. I'm, I would say I'm not even that into slasher movies. Like, I just, Scream is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it did. It just ruined the whole the whole genre for me. I see. Yeah, no, I like Scream a lot. Um, now, the sequels, do you think that they lived up to the original in any way? No, but I mean, I think number two was a decent go at it. Mm-hmm. And number three was just so bad. What about number four? Number four was not horrible. I mean, it doesn't... Number four didn't really have the core for me. Like, the the original movie was something that you could really get into. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, I also watched the original movie at, like, probably the exact right time in my life, age-wise. I mean, not only was it the first slasher movie I ever saw, it was also, like, there were a lot of themes in it that were very interesting to me, like the main character losing her virginity and all those sort Mm -hmm. of high school politics that were going on in the story were all themes that were very interesting to me as like a young high school girl. Sure. So I probably like attached myself to those characters and thought more about what they were going for through than it's possible for me to do with 
you know, a movie about a high school student that I'm seeing, like, right now. Because there's so much, you know, so much time has passed. But Scream 4, I think, was a decent effort. It's definitely worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think your loving of that movie had anything to do with the fact that Kevin Williamson wrote it and you also were watching Dawson's Creek at the time? Well, you know what? I actually wasn't watching Dawson's Creek at the time, you weren't. I believe. No, I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek until mm-hmm. probably... It was probably after I saw that movie at some point that I began watching Dawson's Creek. Um, so that that may, movie may have been my real first introduction to Kevin Williamson. Because, no, I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek. My parents considered it to be inappropriate and unwholesome. Hmm. Now, your parents are not, like... like would you want to say anything about their belief system? or? I think that, I mean, they've gone through many different phases and developments and kind of, you know, their beliefs and what they're going for. But I think they've always... I don't want to tell tales out of the pool here, but (laughs) they don't strike me as the most puritanical people in the world. But in some ways... I mean, I didn't didn't know them when they were raising you when you're in younger age, so I know people are a little stricter sometimes when kids are younger or whatever, but... Yes, I mean, people are stricter when kids are younger, but I wouldn't say that they've ever been puritanical, but I would say that they've had certain very strong beliefs about, mm-hmm. you know, what kind of media that they wanted us to consume and things like that. Um, what would you say their main concerns with the media that you consume? I mean, I, Halloween is definitely rife with a lot of probably danger zones for this kind of thing, but... I mean, they really didn't want us to see anything with a lot of violence. Like, they don't consider... They, like, they didn't consider any sort of, like gratuitous violence to be um, something that we should be watching. Like, to them, like, my mom would always say she would rather us see something with, like, a sex scene than something with, like, a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, but even... It's but, often happening combination in horror movies. Yeah, but, but also just, I think, contextually, too, she's very concerned about the context of things happening and... Mm-hmm. Just really didn't want us watching things that, you know, had, like, values that they weren't trying to instill in us. But it's interesting because I feel like a lot of things slip through the cracks. Because, like I'm saying, I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch Dawson's Creek, but then here I am watching Scream. So it's like... Yeah. and But, of course, that was... I did watch Scream while I was on a... Um, I was, like, on a trip visiting my dad. And we were, like, at my aunt and uncle's house. And I watched it with my brother and my cousin... So, I mean, that was, like, a thing where I'm sure if my mom had been there, she would have been, like, stop or whatever. But, you know, so. So, what do you think your taste, I mean, there's no way to know this for sure, but, like, do you think, how do you think your taste would be different if you, if they had just been like, eh, go ahead and watch what you want? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because I definitely remember, I mean, we had friends that would watch just whatever. I mean, just even as little kids that would watch horror movies and stuff. Right. I mean, they were into those things, and I honestly think it would have been too scary for me, some things. I mean, because I was, I was scared by some, I mean, maybe not mild, because I think these things are truly scary, but, like, things like, you know, Roald Dahl's The Witches, it was, you know, terrifying Mm -hmm. to me when I read that. I enjoyed being terrified, though, so, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I mean, I don't know, it's hard to say, is this something that I like more because I didn't get to see it until a certain point, or is it just part of my personality that I gravitate towards these things. I think I do maybe gravitate towards these types of things. Yeah, no, I think that's probably true. Uh, But now that you're a parent, do you see their point? To a certain extent, yes. It's really, it's difficult though, (laughs) because of course when I was, you know, a kid living at home, Mm -hmm. you know, 
petitioning for months sure. to be allowed to watch Dawson's Creek because I want to be <laughs> hip and with it like all the other cool kids, you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. You know, of course, I'm thinking, you know, I'll never be ridiculous like this with my own kids. But now, of course, I don't know, because on the one hand, I don't want to make my kids into weirdos mm-hmm. by like not allowing them to experience the things that everybody else is experiencing. Cause I do think that when you restrict media from your children, it does make them, it, it, it loses for them a touchstone that they would have for a commonality with other people of their generation. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in many ways, I don't, in certain ways I don't have as much in common with a lot of people. And part of that is because I don't have those a lot of the common media experiences that a lot of people had as little kids. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I don't want to deprive him of those things. But in other ways, I've become more concerned about, um, well, with him, I mean, he's a very sensitive person. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't want to scare him and, like, traumatize him. So I try to, you know, keep it light. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he gets older, too, though, I'm more concerned with just the messages that things send about the relationships between men and women. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of that in horror movies. Well, I was going to mention, I feel like the slasher movie genre especially is very misogynistic. Like, you know. Well, it is. But I mean, okay, like, for example, what I was talking about with the movie Scream and, like, how as, like, a, you know, virginal young girl, I was fascinated with the aspect of that movie where the main character is with her boyfriend and she's, like, been holding out and he wants to have sex and she's you know, doesn't want to do it and eventually she does it and then, of course, right after that she finds out that, you know, he is a serial killer. I mean, and just, there's so much in that that's, like, what a dark message. <laughs> About, you know, human sexuality right. and for, you know, there's so, and, and that prop, that probably twisted my mind so much. I mean, we'll probably never know how it almost sense like, wow. damaged my like whole, you know, worldview and like yeah. fantasy life, you know, like, you know, right. but, yeah, you know, yeah, that's interesting. Now to get back to Kevin Williamson, had you seen, uh, I know what did I know you what you did last summer come out before Scream or after I forget they came around very similar they were a very time very period. similar time period but I don't know because again I wasn't allowed to right. see that um I was only I was only able to watch Scream because like I said I was you know visiting I was visiting my dad and I was on a trip and just, you know, with my older brother and my cousin. And so, you know, that was like a outside of the normal realm of like just Ash at home trying to go to the movies or whatever. I wasn't allowed to go see that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it was definitely around the same time though. Mm-hmm. Um, the first horror movie that I was allowed to go see in theater was Blair Witch. Oh, me too. Yeah. And, I don't know why my parents finally just gave in on it. I think they just sort of, I think maybe partially they were seduced by the filmmaking aspect of it. Cause I was really into like thinking about maybe that I wanted to do some filmmaking. And I think maybe they thought it was, you know, about filmmaking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people have good intentions and then they just, you know, sometimes they just go off the rails. But, like, sure. I have no idea why they picked that moment to just be like, fine. Or maybe, I mean, I was probably what, like 16, 17 by then. Oh, yeah. I think at that point they were just like, we're not going to be able to stop you. Her friends have cars. She's probably just going to go anyway if you say no. But, and that movie was a huge disappointment for me because there was so much buildup. Mm-hmm. So many people had already seen it at the point that I went to see it and said, mm-hmm. this is the scariest movie ever. It's just truly horrifying. And so I was like 
really in like true horror, like clinched in the theater, just, you know, white knuckling my seat, waiting for something that was horrifying beyond my wildest dreams to occur. And see, I think that's my problem. Here's my problem with horror movies. And this is probably why I can handle horror movies and Uh don't get too scared is that nothing that a movie has ever shown me has been scarier than what I anticipate when someone says that something's going to be scary. That's probably true for a lot of people. Yeah. So when someone says this is going to be scary, like what I imagine could happen is just beyond what is ever happening in a movie. And I don't want to see a movie that takes it that far. But still, so before I figured this out about myself, though, I'm just sitting there in Blair Witch waiting for it to be the most horrifying thing that I've ever seen and being like, how am I even going to survive, you know, making it through the theater? Like, just... And so then when it just kind of ended, I was just kind of like, oh... I liked that movie a lot. I, I I actually thought it was great when I saw it, but maybe I don't have as vivid of an imagination as you do. <laughs> I don't know. I loved how you didn't see what was the, the. I never saw the witch. You know, of course, the sequel ruined everything. But you know, but I don't know. I liked that. But I just wasn't into it. I think I just it was just a case of having such high expectations. Yeah. But that's another thing that I've learned as I've gotten older. I've learned that if you go into things with moderate Well, if you go into things with moderate expectations, it sometimes allows you to enjoy them more. Like movies like The Craft, that mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. If you go into that with high expectations, you're not going to have a good time. Right. Go into that with very, very, very <laughs> low expectations. Oh, boy. And you will find things to enjoy about it. Yes. Small dreams are the <laughs> happy life, I guess. Um. What other horror movies are on your list? I think those are probably, like, my top. Those Those are the ones ones that I just must see every year. Unless, do you think I've forgotten anything? I mean, you know know me. Those are the big ones. I mean, you keep those kind of close to the vest until close to Halloween, right? You don't want to blow your wad before you get right to the holiday. Yeah, I save those, like, for the holiday itself. I tend to watch movies that I'm less attached to, kind of leading up to. Lead up to that, yeah. Now... Is there, like, a genre of horror movie that you just don't like at all, that you just just not into? You mentioned you like vampires and witches and that kind of stuff, but... I'm not... I wouldn't say that I don't like it at all, because I've definitely watched a few of these, and there's some that I like, but I'm not that into torture porn. Saw. Like, Saw, I'm not that into. But I will honestly say, I thought that Hostel and Hostel Part 2 were pretty good. Those were great. I thought those were very well made. Especially Hostel Part 2. I actually thought that was a very, very mm-hmm. strong offering. And those are just... I can't watch movies like that too often, though, because they give me such bad dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, they just, like, like I don't like movies that make you feel bad in the end. Like, I, I, I guess if I had to say there's a, not so much a genre that I don't like, I don't like m- movies with unhappy endings. And, of mm-hmm. course, you could say every horror movie has an unhappy ending because all these bad things have happened. But I like it when a couple people survive at the end and are, like, you know, recovering and it's, like, going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't like when it's just, like, endless misery. That just makes me feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Another movie, though, that I love is, that made me think of this, um, The Descent. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's very high up on my list. I like that one a lot, yeah. It's a great, great Well, movie. we saw that one in theaters. We did, so. and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Um, but just, yeah, in general, I don't like when it's just, just very sad. And I'm not that into supernatural horror 
I would say, I mean, I like I like a moderate amount of supernatural. What would you movies. define as supernatural horror? Demonic possession? Or? Yeah, okay, demonic demonic possession is exactly what I'm not really into. Although what, there are, of course, even examples of that that I'm into. Like what? Um, I love um, Insidious. Oh, I do not like that. I Too thought scary. that was so good. Too scary. Oh, I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, but in general, I'm not into that kind of thing. Like, The Exorcist doesn't really do anything for me. I think The Exorcist may be my favorite horror movie. I just, it just doesn't... It's probably the scariest horror movie I've ever seen. I think that does have to do more with, like, the, you know, principles that you're raised with. Well, I mean, I should mention that I was raised in the Episcopal Church, and I definitely had a very... You know, there are other denominations that definitely emphasize the devil more, I'm sure, but, you know, I think that whole Catholic, Episcopalian, Protestant, they definitely, you know, hell's a very real part of it. Sure, but I mean... I I think think the devil... Coming into unwillingly coming into your life is a very real fear, as at least I was for me. I think for you that was a very real fear, but I feel like that definitely touched off a certain nerve in my brain at, at the right time or the wrong time, however you want to look at it. That you know that I think that that is probably the scariest horror movie I've ever seen. Yeah, and to me, I guess I've never been. For whatever reason, I've never been extremely fixated on, like, the fear of, like, demonic possession. Like, I'm kind of like, eh. Well, good for you. I wouldn't recommend um, it. But. <laughs> there are other things that I think are scarier. Like, I think shapeshifters are much more scary. What's a good shapeshifter movie? I don't even know if there is a good shapeshifter movie. Because What's it's, a shapeshifter it's too movie? Hard to, it's too hard to really do a good shapeshifter movie. I don't think they've done it yet. Um, I would say, like, as far as where could you find a shapeshifter in media, um... There are shapeshifters in True Blood. Mm. Um, they're actually though the shapeshifters in True Blood are mostly good. Mm. But I still think the the idea of a shapeshifter mm-hmm. is truly horrifying to me because with a shapeshifter, like I could be talking to you right now and it's not really you, mm-hmm. or you could be talking to me but it's not really me. Right. That's truly horrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Are they usually, like, secondary creatures in the universe that they're in? They're never usually, like, the main ones, right? I mean... I think that's probably why there's not that many good shapeshifters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, animorphs. Like, there might be an animorphs movie. I don't know. Oh, there is. <laughs> it might have been made for TV, but I think there was But, one. no, I think there's not a lot of... Well, there would have to be a lot of special effects for a shapeshifting movie, first of all. Only for the part that shape... And as long... It, it, not necessarily... I guess if you want to show them shapeshifting, yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, like, when I say shapeshifters, I'm not talking so much about a person or an entity or being, demon, whatever, that can turn into one specific thing. Like, the Animorphs, forgive me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, I might be wrong, too. Just... Each Animorph has a single thing that they can turn into, Only right? Like, so. you know, if you're the hawk Animorph, you're just a guy, and then you can be a hawk. Yeah. <laughs> The true shapeshifters <laughs> that I'm horrified by are more the kind where they can just impersonate anyone. Mm-hmm. What about mermaids? I don't like mermaids so much. Okay, there's a really horrifying movie that um, Jonathan, actually, who I know has been on your podcast a few times, mm-hmm. made me watch with him called She Creature. Oh, yeah. And I was already horrified by mermaids, but She Creature really just confirms all of my worst fears. <laughs> um, Stay away from them. But even even movies that are supposed to be lighthearted about mermaids, like what is that one? Like Splash or whatever? 
It's the one with like Tom Hanks and the mermaid is named like Madison. Oh. Um, and that's how the name Madison got super popular. But anyway, even in that movie, in mm. the end, I mean, they kind of imply that she kills him. Yeah, I, I mean, they go down in the water and oh, it's yeah. like, what do you think's going to happen? That's the danger. They don't but, they crawl you towards the rocks well, or whatever. That's, that's the, the whole point of the mermaid is that they lure you in and then they like murder you. Mm-hmm. Mermaids are terrible. And you know what else is terrible is the movie The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> the captain is never going to watch that movie. I do tell. Okay. I did see that movie in theaters as a young child. It was one of the first movies I saw in theaters and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But... This is more going with what I was saying about how now I'm more worried about the messages that movies have about, like, men and women and how people should be with each other. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she has a, the mermaid has a beautiful singing voice, mm-hmm. and she trades her voice for legs so she can go up on land and meet the prince. And it's like, you won't be able to talk to him, but you can now be together. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you will be mute in exchange for getting to, like, be with the guy you want to be with. And, of course, it's a trick, and then it's, like, not even working out, and she's mute, so she can't, like, help herself. But it's, like, the whole just way that that thing, they go about that, it's just such a horrifying concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it does have some really great musical numbers. Mm-hmm. As most Disney things do. I have heard that there have been a lot of strange drowning incidents, though, because have you heard of those mermaid fin things? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the mermaid fin that you strap onto your feet, yes. and a lot of people get in those, and yeah. then they, like, flounder in the water, and it's, like, not good. Yikes. I've also seen another thing that's getting really popular lately are photo shoots. Like, especially I've seen, like, mother with young child or, like, maternity shoots where the woman is in kind of, like, a mermaid costume. Ew, like, it's, like, sort of, like, a very fancy, like, a high-end-looking, like... Tail, literally like tail and fin type of situation. So it'll just be like a pregnant woman, you know, just like on like, you know, by like the lake shore or whatever. And she's got her mermaid costume on. It's very strange. And I think it's, I've seen several of these. I think it's like gaining popularity. It's like a thing. People are, people love mermaids. Yes, it's true. I don't. (laughs) It's closed. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Judge Ash is slamming the gavel on that one. <laughs> I mean, I just think that people don't realize that they're evil. Well, that's the whole point of them, right? They lure you out yeah. to your death, I mean. But that's, like, similar to what I'm saying about a shapeshifter. They look nice, yeah. or they can appear nice. They can appear great, but very evil, usually. Are sprites and fairies evil? Sometimes. Not yeah. always. Can be. Yeah, you can go either way. I mean, there's a lot of them. Yeah, that's true. Some of them are evil, some of them not so evil. What about mummy movies? Into those? I like that Brendan Fraser, you know, mm-hmm. remake of the classic mummy. I had a really good time with that. Mm-hmm. There's not really, I guess, a lot of mummy movies. Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the main one that's happened <laughs> in recent years. There's not too many of them. I mean, unexplored genre. I wouldn't say I'm into mummies in the sense that I like think about them a lot, but I did enjoy that movie, and I did as a child. Like for a while, I was kind of into like Egyptology type of like mm-hmm. learning about the pyramids and the mummies and all the different like. Egyptian gods and the hieroglyphs and all that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's cool. Yeah. It's interesting because vampires seem to have a unique advantage in that they can be sexy, too. And not a lot of the other creatures in these movies can be sexy. You know what I mean? That definitely gives them an edge. I mean, most most horror movies you watch, you're not necessarily... I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but I think probably most people... <laughs> no, you cannot speak for everyone. I guarantee there's somebody out there but, who's in the mummies. <laughs> sure, but I'm saying for... The larger part of the population aren't really attracted to probably most of the villains in 
um, most horror movies you watch, but vampires, you know, a lot of the times that's part of it. Right. Yeah. So that's sure. definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, that's one of their powers, right, is that it makes them sexier, too, like, in addition to giving them eternal life. And I think generally it just makes them, yes, it makes them more attractive. Glamoury and all that. All that. Um, of course. Huh? Uh, of course. Um, of course, let's not forget Deathbed, the bed that eats people. That was that was a really special show. <laughs> I mean, just the, just the title is really all you need to know. Like, it is a deathbed you know, that eats yeah. people. Very, yeah. <laughs> Really, really very serious. Yeah. But um, I also like to read scary stories too. Like what? Um, like you know, Dracula. Of course, I liked. I really loved Frankenstein. I almost didn't even think of that as a scary story, though. Mm. Like when you read it, I mean, there's of course you know scary aspects, but it's really just kind of a sad story mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like um. There's a Hitchcock movie that was made on made based off of this called Rebecca, but the book is I really loved. Is that a horror movie? Yeah, it's basically a horror movie. Yes, it's a horror movie. Okay, I've never read the book or seen the movie. So. Oh, you should. It's it's really good. Yeah. It's one of these things where the book usually appears with like a really trashy cover. That's so probably why I've never. Read and it. the only reason I read it is because I took a class and like in college it was mm-hmm. an English class, but the theme was like scary stories and so that's when i read frankenstein as well and that's when i read rebecca and like some other like scary novels that i probably wouldn't have gotten into otherwise mm-hmm. right uh, daphne du maurier i believe is the author of that very mm. very good worth checking out what other scary stories do you like um i don't really have that much time to read scary stories lately so i haven't really discovered a lot but mm. as a child i was super into a lot of vampire stories um I read, um, oh, what are the name of those? Um, there's a collection of stories that I was obsessed with. It was, I think, I don't know if Jane Yolen wrote all the stories or she just collected them, but they mm. were all vampire stories. Mm. I was like so into, um, I was particularly into this one story because the girl in the story was 16 and she had a little sister that was eight. And, um, and at the time I was 16 and I had a sister that was eight. So I was like, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) It was actually a really dark story. Mm -hmm. Um, because the girl who's 16 is a vampire and she's like hiding the fact that she's a vampire from her family and they're worried about her. They think she's like anorexic or something because she like doesn't eat very much at dinner and like she's, you know, skulks around, you know, but then her little sister is actually molested by the babysitter Mm. that her parents have hired. So she goes to the babysitter and, like, gets inside his house by, like, flirting with him. And then she, like, murders him. But, I mean, it's, like, revenge. I mean, it's fair. Okay. I mean, he molested her sister. What else was she supposed to do? I guess so. Um, But, yeah, I was obsessed with that story for a long time. Um, Because she actually, like, eats this guy. And then she, like, the story ends with her, like, talking about her plans, how she, like, is still hiding from her family that she's a vampire. But when her sister turns 16, she's going to turn her into a vampire, too. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, in retrospect, I think 16's a little young. Like, now I see 16-year-olds, and I'm like, maybe get a few more years on you. Like, yeah. 16 isn't quite, I think, the right point to freeze yourself. But, of course, when you are 16, you think you're at, like, the height of, like, you know, you can yeah. just be 16 forever. But I think, you know... 
get a little older, just old enough so people aren't constantly like, why is this weird kid here? Like, skulking around, you know? Like, maybe like 25, you know, you're old enough that people aren't going to be constantly questioning why you're like... Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I was super into reading that kind of stuff. Now, we haven't talked about TV shows that are Halloween or scary. Of course, there's like two things like there's like whole series that are just about that like American Horror Story and Buffy and stuff but then there's Halloween episodes of other shows that yes and uh, I have I have so much to say about this and I have so much to say about scary shows but I also have some shows I'd like to talk about that are just general pleasures of the autumn that would kind of take us back out of the scariness but I'll start with the scary yeah. shows um huge 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 Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan and mm-hmm. I've tried for years to get you into it in vain and I just, it's one of the things that I least understand about you is, like, how could you not like this? Oh, because man. to me, it's so good. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> how could you not like this? Okay, I didn't see it when it was first on, so that's first strike against me. If I had watched it when it was on TV, maybe I would have a soft spot for it. I know this is intentional because it was on the WWWB, but it the monsters and the scary faces and stuff do nothing for me and I think that they're very poorly done and I think the special effects on that show are abysmal. Um, it's campy. I, it almost doesn't look like they meant it to be campy. I, I know that they had to tone it down for, for the children, you know, for the, for the whatever time slot it was on. But, um, uh, you know, it's a very sad show too. Like a lot of the storylines are incredibly depressing. Like when I when I've dark. watched a, like a story arc or two, it's just always like misery and sadness. Like in the end, so it's it like, is a very dark show. That's true, but it's not as dark as Angel, which I can't even watch because it's too dark. Which is a spinoff of Buffy. That's yes. also incredibly dark. Yes, but no, um, Buffy is very dark. But for some reason, sometimes, and I think the time in my life that I got into Buffy mm-hmm. was a time when like. I have, you know, angsty teenage feelings. And I think sometimes when I have, like, sad feelings, watching something about someone that also has those sad feelings actually makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm in too good of a mood, sometimes I can't watch sad things. Mm -hmm. It goes back and forth. I mean, other times, if I'm, you know, you're sad, you don't want to watch something sad, you know. So, I mean, various times feeling various ways. But, yes, it is. I will admit it's a very dark show. But they do still have fun. Oh, yeah. Like... They're, like, it's very, very heavy, but at the same time, I mean, it's very quippy, it's very fun, you know, there's lots of jokes, lots of pop culture references, mm-hmm. it's a good time. And I, it is the kind of show where when you watch it, there's so many inside jokes that are, like, funny to you as, like, a fan, sure. it probably wouldn't be funny to, like, you as just a person trying to watch it and being like, why does Ash like this? But I'm not alone. There are a lot of people. Oh, no, that no. I would say it's funny because I do, I find I tend to surround myself for whatever reason with people that like Buffy. Like a lot of my friends separately do like Buffy. So there is something about the sensibility of the person that would like Buffy. I do find appealing even if I don't get the thing that you all seem to like. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can like different things. It's okay. Uh, what else did you want to say about scary shows? Scary shows. Well, American Horror Story is, you know, a more recent thing, of course, and I loved the first season of that. I thought it was just absolutely excellent, and I've been so disappointed mm-hmm. with... I watched the second and the third seasons, and I was so disappointed that I'm just... I'm done. I didn't see... I think season four was, like, Freak Show. We didn't see that, and now I think there's something with, like, a corn maze or something, and just, mm-hmm. no, I'm done. And I'm sad, because the first season was so amazingly good. Mm-hmm. I was, like... 
it was like one of those things where you're watching a show and you're more excited about a sh- new show than you have been in a long time. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big letdown. But yeah, um, I also am really into Pretty Little Liars, which I would consider to be in some ways a horror show. Um, and they always do like a really special, special Halloween episode every mm-hmm. year. Um, very exciting. Another show that you just don't don't get. I think Buffy's probably higher quality than Pretty Little Liars. They're different shows. I mean, <laughs> I think you have to. I mean, as Roger Ebert has taught us, you should judge something on its own merit, sure. like based on what is it trying to do. What kind of show is it? Buffy and Pretty Little Liars are different shows. Buffy, I think, is something that probably is high quality that just doesn't speak to me. I think Pretty Little Liars is probably just not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I think Buffy is better overarchingly, like you know. The writing is better. 50 years from now, people will look back on Buffy with a certain respect that they might not look back on Pretty Little Liars with as much. But I think that it's not just about having good writing or not having good writing, though. Pretty Little Liars is trying to do other things, like with fashion. Oh. But I know you don't really care about fashion, so that's like it's not doing much for you in that respect. Not so much. So that's like a big part of why I watch that show is for the mm-hmm. fashion. And I know you're just like, no. Mm-hmm. Um... But coming out of, like, the scary stuff, just to talk about general mm-hmm. shows I like to watch in autumn, um, Friday Night Lights. Mm. Okay. I'm a person who doesn't really like to watch actual sports that much. <laughs> like, okay, don't get me wrong. Like, if you have tickets to, like, a sporting event, I would go with you and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd go to a football game, a basketball game, and, you know, I like to be there in the crowd. I like wearing, you know, outfits for, like, the team, you know, like, various apparel mm-hmm. I like, you know, eating the foods, mm-hmm. um, but not at all into just actually, like, sitting down inside my house and watching people playing a sport on the TV. Like, just, it's just not my thing. But Friday Night Lights, all about football, I totally love it. Like, mm-hmm. that is, and you, you will admit that that's a great show. I love Friday Night Lights. It's yeah. a great show. And I don't like football that much either, so, yeah. or sports in general. So when I'm having, like, a craving to be, like, fall football, that's, that's what I'm going to go to is Friday Night Lights and just watch that, and that, that'll be enough for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the other show that I really wanted to talk about is Gilmore Girls, which, first of all, I think is just an extremely autumnal show. Because, I mean, it's it's mostly about following the school year. So, of course, it starts in the autumn. And it's set in a really small town that decorates for each holiday. So, it's just, you know, pumpkins everywhere. And they're always having festivals. There's, like, a Thanksgiving festival where everybody's dressed as pilgrims. Um, they have, like, a fire, you know, bonfires and starlight festivals and for christmas there's just you know white christmas lights everywhere so it's one of these shows where it's just like you really feel the season and many of the episodes center around since it's about families and family drama as well as being kind of about school stuff so a lot of it centers around holidays because that's of course when a lot of family drama takes place so Mm -hmm. you really feel the season with that show oh yeah and so every year i'm excited to watch that show i mean honestly I watch that show all year round, but especially in the autumn, I like to, you know, watch some of those episodes that really have like great autumn feel to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm especially, especially, especially excited because this year, this autumn, mm-hmm. I believe it's going to be November 25th, they're releasing Gilmore Girls Seasons, which is the long awaited 
new, possibly final installment of Gilmore Girls. It's going to be, for, for anyone who doesn't know, mm-hmm. it's going to be four 90-minute episodes, just one set in each season. Mm-hmm. And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I mean, Gilmore Girls has been off the air for how long? Like, did what? it end in maybe yeah, 2007? It's, it's been like almost 10 years, I think. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, it was 2007, because I remember I was working at my first reporting job, and we were talking about it with somebody. And, yeah. and it was the type of situation where I think when it ended, a lot of people wanted it. To, a lot of people were so sad it was ending, they wanted more. Right. And then there were always rumors of there's going to be a movie or mm-hmm. something, and then it would never happen. And so just knowing that that is happening finally this year is just another thing to be really excited about for this mm-hmm. fall. Was there any other TV shows you wanted to mention or episodes or anything? Um, I mean, there's so many different little episodes and stuff, but I don't necessarily need to mention them. I mean, people are aware that there is, you know, on Wikipedia, there's a list of yes. Halloween TV specials. Right. And I always like to kind of look through that list and see, you know, what I need to hit. Mm-hmm. Well, to kind of wrap it up, since I do have to go to work here soon, um, what is your favorite Halloween music? I mean... I don't want to say this because like, I feel like this is like super lame, but I'm going to have to go with the Monster Mash. Okay, I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's like, you know, it's, it's a classic for a reason, but it's a lot of fun and I'm enjoying it. I mean, not that I ever honestly stopped enjoying it, but I hadn't really been listening to it that much lately in my life. But then now that I have a young child again, I remember last year we were listening to that with him and dancing around and he was having such a good time mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm really, you know, experiencing a renewed enjoyment for that song. Yeah. Um, of course, Thriller, I mean, is a great song. Yes. You know, there's, you know, it's obviously a classic for a reason as well. Um, I really like, this is not exactly a Halloween song, but it is, I think, appropriate to include in a Halloween mixtape and also featured on Friday Night Lights um, the song Devil Town by Daniel Johnson but yeah. performed by Ryan Adams I think yeah yeah I really love that song maybe it was Iron and Wine I don't remember I think but they yeah. have both done versions of it I don't remember which one was on the show but mm-hmm. that's a great song um, there's a song and I'm struggling to remember who this song is by it's on the Juno soundtrack it's like I'm a Vampire Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Camille Dawson, I think. Or no, is no. it? I think it's by something. It's it like Ants in Your Pants yeah, or something, some other. It, I believe, yeah. um, that song I really enjoy, too. So. Yeah, I guess there's not quite as many uh, Halloween songs as Christmas, so it's a little less. No, I mean, yeah. I definitely enjoy listening to a little bit of Halloween music, like, you know, as I'm, like, getting into the season, but I definitely think Christmas is really where I go hardcore for the seasonal music. Yeah. And there really are basically no Thanksgiving songs. Yeah, I was just thinking. Come to think of it. Um, Except for the Adams Family Values. Which, okay, there's there's something I should have mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Adams Family, of course, I love. But particularly... I mean, Tuesday Adam's family Adams values. Like your spirit animal. When, Wednesday Adams. Or sorry, Wednesday. Oh, jeez. It's, it's all right. <laughs> Tuesday Adams. Light, the, lightning bolts. The other, the other, the other sister. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> no, but no, Wednesday Adams. I, I'm so, so into her. And um, Christina Ricci just obviously does an excellent job. I mean, she's perfect in that mm-hmm. role. But really, the ultimate scene making it a wonderful Halloween and also Thanksgiving. 
Um, <laughs> the movie, though, is, of course, in Adam's Family Values when the children are sent off to summer camp and forced to perform in a end-of-the-year play. It's supposed to be of the Thanksgiving story. Yes. But that featuring means... the song Eat Us <laughs> but, yes, with, with, the, with the dancing food. Oh, yes, that was great. And then, of course, the Native Americans uh, take their revenge on the, on the pilgrims. Yes, but Wednesday kind of takes things into her own hands, and she's the Native American princess, yes. and she burns the entire entire play to the ground yes. appropriately, as some of them might say. Yes. A little righteous revenge. Yes. But no, I think, though, what we were saying about there aren't really any Thanksgiving songs, mm-hmm. I think that's part of what I was saying about how the pleasures of Thanksgiving have grown on me over the years, but as a kid, it's a little harder to get into because, you know, there's not really any songs, There's the special outfits are pretty few and far between, mm-hmm. you know. So it's really, as you get older and you really more appreciate the togetherness with family and if you like to cook and those things that are really pleasurable, but there's not as much flash to it, mm-hmm. which I think for some people is part of the appeal. It's just real solid, you know, hardcore, other than the fact that there is the, you know, troubling aspect of the whole situation with the Native Americans, and, you know, as a, as an Indian, you know, a person who does have Indian heritage, you know, it's troubling for me as well, but I've decided that I can still celebrate it just as a time of togetherness Mm -hmm. and thankfulness, and, you know, not so much celebrating the part where, you know, the pilgrims colonized the, you know, lands or whatever. land dealings. Yeah, like, I'm just, you know, focusing on just, you know, thankfulness and family and all of that. I do think sure. it's a nice holiday. And, of course, my love to cook, you know. Yeah. Really. Well, I think this calls for a, a sequel in a couple months for the, for the, for the Christmas. Yeah, I, uh, Christmas I think. I mean, there's a lot to say about the Christmas season. And the thing is, like, I'm almost just at this point trying not to think about the Christmas season because, mm-hmm. like, if I think about it, I'm going to get so excited, but I need to, like, wait, because there's, like, already enough happening with fall. Right. Well, November 1st, I think that's when you start. Well, I mean, well, that's no, in November. Yeah, November 1st is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, but you, we should start, you know, Christmas shopping, though, because oh, if yeah. you wait until December to start, it's not it's not a good scene. Because no. maybe on the next edition of this, we'll talk about, you know... Christmas is Christmas Eve spent in the store. You know, it's, it's, it's rough times out there. Exactly. But well, well, happy fall and thank uh, you. I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> well, thank you for being a guest on the Red Bird Show. For sure. Man.